Episode 153, Students Become What You Think. Educators, is your passion tank running on empty? Look no further. Gretchen of Always a Lesson has a double dose of just what you need. Come fill yourself up with an empowering educators podcast to start your day feeling empowered. Hey, hey, elite educators, it's Gretchen here of Always a Lesson. I'm loving you keep coming back for more. You are holding tight to that elite status every moment that you spend time perfecting your craft and listening to a podcast is one way to do that. So I'm honored you value this show enough to return every week and learn another lesson because Lord, I have learned a big one this week. In fact, I can't even say learned with an ED. I am learning and will continue to learn this one. It's a tough one for me for sure. So I can't wait to share this with you. Let's talk about how our mindsets and our preconceived notions about children affect their trajectory in the classroom. So let's reignite our passion and potential. Are you ready? Here we go. So the rationale for this episode is I am finally (laughs) reading a book called uh, Better Than Carrots or Sticks. It's written by Dominique Smith, Douglas Fisher, and Nancy Frey. And if you haven't heard of that metaphor before, It's just a phrase talking about rewards and punishments, meaning a carrot would be the reward and the stick is the punishment. And so this book is called Better Than. So it's different solutions, a lot of restorative practices to ensure that we're looking beyond just, you know, doling out rewards and consequences. It's good. It's good. It's really got me thinking about, well, many things. (laughs) And you're probably going to get to hear all about that in the coming weeks. So thank you, whomever recommended this book to me. I think it was honestly like last year. I know. I'm just, I'm just now getting to it. Uh, It's not even long. It's like six chapters and each chapter is about 20 to 30 pages. And I love to read. I just don't have time. I mean, let me rephrase. I rarely make the time. Uh, That's probably the truth of the matter. That's another episode entirely. We won't go there. But anyway, one of the concepts um, that really made me think this week is the idea that we communicate our expectations every time that we interact with students. So if they're struggling, we need to send them the message that we are spending our time wisely when we're working with them. If they're an advanced student, you know, we see the potential that lies within them. Um, And that all students that we're reaffirming their dreams, you know, that their aspirations have value. We take them seriously. And I never thought about my actions. I always thought about my words. You know, I know that students hear everything. And whether I'm talking to a colleague, you know, for ideas, you know, to better help them or just out of frustration because I've tried so many different things, students are, you know, hip to your true feelings. Um, Especially for me because I wear my emotions on my sleeve and I have to be very careful that a student doesn't know that they affect me, you know, especially in a negative way. 
you know, shocker, I'm imperfect, I know, but this takes things a step further. This actually addresses your actions, which are a product of your thoughts. So if you think little Johnny is a nuisance, you know, you're going to subconsciously avoid him at all costs, which sends the message that you don't like him or that he's unimportant. And even though you technically never said anything to Johnny, your body dictated that by your thoughts. And those thoughts spoke volumes. And I hope I'm not making you feel guilty or bad, but when we know better, we do better. And when I first started thinking about the idea of communicating our expectations with every interaction, my first feeling was guilt. I mean, I didn't even think of a specific student or scenario. I just thought about how I unknowingly, probably, failed a lot of my kids. You know, that guilt turned to sadness, especially because I know I had the best of intentions. I didn't ever mean to do something like that to anyone. But the authors of this book are exactly right. You know, every interaction does send a message. And I mean, we know this as adults to be true. We walk into a party and immediately we know people are sizing us up. And, you know, some have this energy that just invites you in and others have energy that shuts you out. And no one has even said a word yet. And already, you know, their thoughts about you, their feelings about you, their expectations of you. You know, how unfair is that? And I've always wondered what it would be like to be a student in my own classroom. You know, would I enjoy it? Would I feel loved? Would I be challenged or supported? But now I even wonder if I would even be accepted. You know, I wanted to be invited in through thoughts and words and actions. And I don't know if as a teacher I would find myself as a child one I would invite in. I don't know. I'd have to really think about that. So let's investigate these expectations again for a moment before I give you my ideas for implementation. So for the students that are struggling, I know that the words we use to categorize students sends a message, you know, like the eagles, you know, they're soaring high. And then you've got the turtle group, you know, they're creeping by slowly. Or I use these, I use colors, you know, red, (laughs) they're in danger of failing. You know, then there's the green group, you know, they're headed for the highway. But beyond those names that we're attaching to the groups, the amount of time that we spend with students also sends a message, you know, man, Johnny always gets one-on-one time with the teacher. He must, you know, really need help. Sorry, I keep picking the name Johnny. (laughs) I promise it's just a random name, you know, even in using this illustration, I'm sending the message that Whoever Johnny is, is always a problem. (laughs) See, I told you, I've got to work on this one. So I better put this podcast episode on repeat for myself, probably on a daily basis. (laughs) Anyway, when we are pulling groups, no matter which level of group it is, you know, our attitude sets the stage for the interaction. You know, is it like, oh God, not this dang group again. Come on, people, get it together. You know, or is it like exciting? Like, man, I haven't seen you all week. I love spending time with you. So my solution for the ones that are struggling No matter who the student is and what their background is, we need to send the expectation that we are spending our time with them wisely. You know, that every moment we work with them is intentional. Uh, They have our full attention, uh, our most positive attitude, that we're cheering them on, you know, to be their best. So if a student is struggling during a lesson, we have to adjust our mindset because that plays a role in our actions and our words. So just think to yourself, okay, this student's struggling. This is an opportunity for you, the teacher, to grow. This child needs something different from you. You know, how can you be creative and deliver your best so that they get it? You know, I'm not going to 
you shouldn't stop trying to reach that child. You know, that child is worth it. Um, you, the teacher, are taking the ownership over the struggle. It's impossible to be frustrated with a student when you think of it in that way versus inadvertently sharing your negative expectations with them. Like, oh, God, of course you didn't understand. You never understand. This is so annoying. I don't have time for this. You know, how'd you end up here anyway? God, and just like saying that out loud makes me feel icky. <laughs> Like, who does that teacher think they are to belittle a kid whose brain is, like, trying to translate your foreign teaching into their native language? You know, maybe the teacher, you, are the problem. And it turns out you most often are. No offense, not you personally, but, like, us as teachers, we are a lot of the reasons students are struggling. You know, have you ever watched a problem child or a struggling kid, you know, in another classroom with a different teacher? And suddenly they have like zero issues. And it's not that that other teacher is better than you. They just figured out how to jive with that kid. And some jive naturally and other times you really got to work on it. So if a student struggles, look at what you're doing that made that happen. Do they need manipulatives? Do they need to read it slower? Do they need a dictionary, a thesaurus, or a peer translation? You know, you're probably so busy trying to fly through the curriculum because we all know we have like 0.2 seconds for each portion of our content before we got to hurry up to the next thing. And that's just unrealistic, you know, that every kid is going to grasp it at a proficient level the first time when you're going at such a rapid speed. And so remember, I asked you if you thought what it would be like to be a student in your own class. For me, and why I said I don't know that I would have been the teacher that invited my younger self in is because I needed to talk things out to understand. You know, if I had a teacher that limited discussion or question asking, I'd be lost in the first 10 seconds. You know, I'd be labeled the red group or the turtle group or a nuisance. But it turns out, hey, I'm pretty dang smart if my learning style is accommodated or if I'm at least taught the skills to take in information in other ways other than my preferred style. You know, kids need life skills like how to adapt to a variety of teachers and different delivery methods. You know, a lot of times it's not what you're saying, but how you're saying it, and that that's what makes the kids get all flustered. So to overcome the negative low expectations for struggling students, we got to look inward. We have to get creative and keep problem solving until we reach them because they aren't the problem. We are. Let's tackle the next one for those advanced kiddos. We Yes, we need to see their potential, and sometimes our high kids get little attention because we're just too busy trying to problem solve with the strugglers. But these kids are just as needy of our time and our attention, but in a different way. They need to know more than that they're just excelling or that, you know, academics come easy. They need to know that they have so much potential to be whatever it is in their life that they want to be. And we have to uncover what that is and then help them develop the skills to become that in addition to oh yeah, mastering the necessary curriculum. You know, that's just as hard as trying to jive with a struggling kiddo. It's just a different kind of hard. And so my solution is, first and foremost, every kid needs to know that they have potential. End of story. It doesn't matter where you are in the proficiency scale. So if you're not viewing each child in that way, that's step one for you. Your mindset and your perspective need to shift. But let's talk about these high achievers for a second. They are unique beings. You know, things come easy to them. Learning's natural. They need little guidance and support, but that doesn't mean they don't need things from us as teachers. You know, when we interact with these kids, we have to do more than just good job or, you know, I knew you could do it, you know, or, oh, go here, help Johnny. Ah, 
I did it again, y'all. Stop it. I need to stop picking on this poor Johnny person. Uh, But we need to spend our time with these folks with like an off the clock mentality is what I call it. You know, like when you're walking in the halls and chatting with a kid or you're in the cafeteria chatting or maybe you're hanging on the playground, you you end up talking about life and interests with kids. And your elite students need that from you like 24-7. They need to know that there's more than what's going on in the four walls of your classroom. And they need help deciding what's the best option for them. You know, they need to know that they have special talents, that are gifts that are truly going to better the community, and that we, the teachers, are going to ensure we bring experiences to them to hone their craft. And yes, every student needs this, but it's this particular group needs it most. So when they act out because they're bored or whatever, just don't get frustrated or throw another packet at them or pair them with a struggling student, you know, problem solve, just like you did with the struggling students. You know, how can I reach these kids? How can I provide them what they need? Um, Think student interests, think community involvement, You know, think outside the box creativity and in time, solutions are going to start arising. And this is a challenge for your brain because you're kind of stuck in this academic realm. And, you know, these kids don't need that from you. You know, their academic bucket is filled. You know, your lesson did its job. They're good to go. The rest of their learning is through opportunities that you're providing for enrichment and for enrichment to work. It has to strike a chord and to strike a chord, it has to hold value to them. And to hold value to them, it must align with their interests, with their passions, their talents, you know, their potential. That is where the hard brain work is for you. And so lastly, talking about that reaffirmation of dreams, yes, your aspirations have value, child. You know, no matter what our kids want to be or do, we have to encourage them to chase it. You know, they might realize along the way being an astronaut while at the same time being the garbage man and a senator is unrealistic due to just time and training, you know, whatever. But they need to figure that out on their own. You know, I always knew I wanted to to be a teacher, but not every kid knows, you know, as a baby what they want to be when they grow up. You know, they got to figure it out. And they do that through exposure and experience who is brought to them by no one other than yourself. So the solution here is encourage students to chase their aspirations And that the whole phrase and slogan, dream big, it's not just a motto, but it's something, you know, it's a daily practice in your classroom. When a student's interests change, that's cool. Have them let you know. You know, when their dream job alters, tell them to clue you in. The more you know about their potential destination, you know, the better aligned you can make their learning experience to their skill set and their dreams. And don't laugh because a student who stutters, you know, wants to become a public speaker or a bright young boy wants to be a nurse or a young girl wants to play the WNBA. You know, forget about what you want them to be or what society says they should be, what their parents want for them. Just let them choose. You know, then your job is to provide the opportunities for them to research that profession or that interest, meet folks who are in that realm, um, go see that profession live in action, and then just step back and let that child make the decision. They'll know very quickly if they're still interested or not. And that's the best thing you can do for a kid is just set them up for success. And a side note, you are going to have kids who are bandwagon kids, and that's fine. You know, it's normal for their development. So don't get frustrated that every day they want to be whatever their friend on the bus wants to be. (laughs) 
just be like, okay, vet Connor, today you're now dentist Connor, whatever you want, you know, that's what we're going to do and just move on. You know, they're young and their aspirations can change and morph as they grow, but your job is just to encourage them to chase whatever it is they want to chase with your words and your actions and your thoughts. You're their support system, but you're also the one providing them that outlet to explore. Sure, you might have a student making an F, but they might go ahead and be the best dang teacher you ever met because they understand struggle and boredom and disinterest. Um, and you might tell them like, hey, your struggling academic career is going to be your asset. So don't stop a child from believing that they can be and do whatever they want just because you never know what talent is hiding underneath. And a strong self-concept is really what's most important. You want kids to leave your classroom thinking, you know, my teacher always believed in me, even when I dreamed crazy things. And remember, the jobs that our kids are going to take on don't even exist yet. So anything they tell us is going to sound crazy anyway. Uh, oh, might as well just join them for one heck of a ride. And I'm realizing as I'm telling you all this that it's almost as if all your kids need the same things from you, but they need them in a different order. I think that's pretty powerful. I'm just like realizing that. So you know that your strugglers, they need the time and the attention with academic concepts first and then they need from you that talent acquisition and refinement. But remember those high flyers, they need your time and attention with honing their talent and meeting their potential first. And then, you know, that academic challenge or support, you know, but every kid, they need love and intention through your words and thoughts and actions. And that should be in everything that you do with them, no matter what we prioritize for our students. And so knowing that each kid needs something from you, it's kind of hard to come up with strategies on the fly. You're going to be spending a majority of your time off the clock personalizing your approach to your kids. That way your back pocket, as I call it, is filled with these ideas and strategies that are ready to be used at a moment's notice. So I suggest grab a student roster, write their number one need next to their name. And then just start brainstorming solutions for them. And this list is going to help you, one, communicate good vibes to students because you're armed and ready to be what they need you to be. But it also allows you to rise up and not the other way around. We're not asking kids, hey, do your job, step up to the plate. It's you've got to do that first. You've got to provide them what they need so that they can step up because students do become what you think of them, whether you verbalize it or not, every interaction sends the message of what you think they are now and what you think they're going to be because of their situation, because of their friendships, because of their aptitude. And we have to be very careful about what signs and signals we're sending because we're disrupting their potential and their development. And I would hate to be the reason someone didn't become what they're supposed to become because of my interaction with them. Like that would just make me feel horrible. And so again, I'm, I don't really want this episode to sound sad and negative and put you down in the dumps because I'm supposed to be inspiring you and empowering you. And I am, but today's message for me just hit home. And I think that's kind of why I'm a little bit like womp womp about it because I've realized I have probably been guilty of this more than I realized. And I have a lot of work to do to raise my awareness of what it is that I'm doing and what I'm communicating 
And I've got to change some of my daily practices so that my mind is in the right place for these interactions with students so that I'm looking at it from the right perspective to ensure I cultivate these kids the way they need to be cultivated. All right, Elite Educators, that is a wrap for this week's podcast on communicating high expectations, encouragement, and support to students in every interaction we have in the classroom. Now go out and be great because you've just been empowered. This podcast is a member of the Education Podcast Network, a podcast network that encourages you to think about your profession and succeed in the world of education. Whether you're a first-year educator or a seasoned veteran, there is a podcast for you. All of the shows are produced by educators who want to shape education through meaningful discussion and content. So head on over to edupodcastnetwork.com for more details. 